this is the Pie Boy Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Pie Boy Podcast. This is Sparky, Casey, Carlo, whatever nickname you know me by or want to call me, real name. There's lots of names. They all have stories. That's why it's interesting. Uh, I called an old friend today and he was talking about coaching baseball, which is really awesome. I think that's one of the best things about becoming a dad or a parent is just getting involved with your kids in those ways. And sports is a big part of my life and there's a lot of fun that can be had. And I look forward to doing that with my girl and my boy when the time comes. When my friend was talking about baseball and ah, it got me thinking about my baseball career on this podcast. I've talked about baseball pretty often. I think it's been a common theme in some ways if you listen a lot. If you haven't, that wouldn't make any sense, but it doesn't matter. Love baseball. Got a Reggie Jackson signed baseball I'm just looking at over here to the right. Some other random baseball stuff, uh, such as uh, my friend Benny Haha got me a Babe Ruth Red Sox uh, replica baseball card. It's pretty cool. I've had that for a long time. I've had that for over 20 years. Got that for my 13th birthday. Old dirty dog. I don't know where he found that thing. Anyway, baseball. Baseball. It makes me think of legends. We have Babe Ruth and Reggie Jackson, Mr. November. Or Mr. October. Excuse me. Wow. Um, But there's just something about it and certain legends. And there's this one legend that I know of. And my sister also made me think of him recently because I wrote a poem about him and I sent it to her. And it's our friend Big Mike. Big, Big Mike is what he officially went by and how I knew him for a very long time. I barely ever heard somebody just call him Mike or Michael. Like, eh, sometimes. But early on it was always Big, Big Mike. And he has a character larger than life. And the only way I can describe a character like him equivalent of anything is uh, anything in the Adam Sandler, Happy Gilmore world. And I say that because I watched uh, some of the Mark Twain uh, honors for his for his career and the things that he did. And it's just one of my favorite things about him and all of his movies is just all the crazy characters even the smallest parts there may be like four or five scenes and they maybe didn't say a lot but it says a lot thinking about like his caddy the dude that was ended up being like the lead of grandma's boy which is an amazing movie but the caddy he was the caddy in caddyshack and i remember when that dawned on me and i was like whoa wait a minute like this dude talks and he does all this other stuff and is really funny it just made me start to think like he started looking through all the different characters are in all the different movies even up into grown-ups and all this stuff i'm sure there's other movies i haven't seen 
but it just makes me think of the characters in my life. And Big Mike is one of those characters. He could be in a movie. And that's why I love Adam Sandler and I love all that stuff because it makes me uh, want to tell the stories that I know about that are similar but different ones that aren't out there. Crazier, sadder, whatever, but full of characters, full of soul. And Big Mike is one of those people for me. I miss him a lot. He used to call me on the phone uh, often, sometimes more than my own family. Um, but I considered him family, so it wasn't anything new. And, yeah, up until the end, it's pretty crazy. Um, but I wrote this poem for him. I'll talk more about that in a minute. So it's called Big, Big Mike. And uh, parental advisory. There's some language in here and uh, some references to drug use and violence and sexuality what makes me happy is when big mike gives me a ring on the telephone calls me mr magoogahan because i was a tricky little kid and tells me stories about oregon in the 1960s 70s and the 80s he paints a picture so well i feel i lived it cocaine nights rolling heavy with my daddy and drinking at Joe's Saloon. My favorite story is when he did peyote with my old man. Out in the desert after the sister's rodeo. Bedded down buffalo woman. She said, fuck me custard. And he got a sunburn on his ass. The stories come loud and fast. Half of it might not be true. But I don't waste time trying to piece it all together. He lived it. And I feel it's my duty to keep it going. He always looked like a swan with a beer belly. A long, tall Texan with a mustache to match and hard part in his hair I'm jealous of. He was born with a live arm and smooth jump shot. Told me he threw BBs, I mean aspirins. And once on the 4th of July, he made old Starvin' Marvin look silly as he swished every jumper at almost 60. That big, bad Norwegian. He don't burn in the sun or run from a fight. One time, a corn dog saved his life. Big, big Mike smiles bright and steals your heart singing Johnny Cash songs and taking the spotlight because anything worth doing is worth doing right. Man, Big Mike was a legend. So many stories. And one of my favorite things to do with Big Mike that I just like I miss so much is to bring him around people and like let him just be himself and people interact with him. He can make friends with anybody and he'd be telling some wild fucking story about, oh, about my dad and the peyote. Like this is not a made up story. So they went to the sisters rodeo and I've turned the, told this pot, this on this story on this podcast. And I told on my friend's podcast in some variation or another shout out to sauce and the sauce loss and the sauce podcast my dude. But anyway, <clears throat> sisters rodeo legendary. They went 
and it rained and it was kind of like a bummer but they did peyote they did acid and they're tripping on the deserts and they had met these indigenous ladies and things led to one thing led to another <clears throat> and let me describe like the the reference to custard that is a true story like that I pulled out some of the language there and that's basically what she said to him and it's because he actually did look like custard he's this tall Norwegian guy like long like six two six three and like all arms all arms and legs it looked like a swan like he really did he he kind of looked like a cartoon character in a sense uh throwback to uh, that book casey at bat and like the 1900s baseball players <laughs> goofy long arms and fingers and things this dude was just like built for that and he had the crazy hair and he had the personality to match and if he got him tuned up on some alcohol or some drugs like this dude was the life of the party and just make you laugh so hard and he looked like he did look like custard like he had the hair had golden hair and must big old mustache he was just straight out of like an old west movie <laughs> And I can't believe that she said that. And even if it's made up, that is a really funny joke, but also like a crazy reference to our history and just like kind of not of a revenge story, but like a redemption story in a sense. And I remember when I realized that it was after I read Sherman Alexi in college and he had told that story again. And I was like, oh my God, this is so crazy. If Sherman Alexi could hear this he would die i feel like it was out of his book like one of his books i thought i was like living a dream i really did at this party and he's telling these stories <clears throat> but nonetheless i digress uh thinking about this so, so yeah dude kid was an athlete early 70s clackamas oregon um and like people oh like my wife voice oh, sports re reliving the good old days and stuff yes there is a lot of that that's just like such a pain in the ass and macho bravado stuff but like that's not one to do i like the behind the scenes stories of sports and things and that's what this is and honestly like get to the chase of like why i love this story so much is like someday i want to turn it into a bigger story I don't, I get goosebumps thinking about that. I don't know what that means, but I feel like I have to put it in the ether and it's connected to something bigger that could be a really cool story. And I think of why it's interesting that I saw the Kennedy school honors, um, or not Kennedy school, sorry. Um, <clears throat> what I said about Adam Sandler earlier and the Mark Twain stuff and talking about his legacy and i'd be like that would be the person i'd want to make this movie with and the movie would be like an oregon sports history like rough mockumentary type of thing more like a movie and more a normal narrative like longest yard or something like that or water boy but it's 70s early 80s possibly and it's the portland mavericks it's the 
the baseball team that freaking Kurt Russell's dad and Kurt Russell played on, Kurt Russell's dad coach, Bing Russell, and all these wacky characters, misfits, and they were super good and like had all this crazy drama and play just interesting story. And they're called the Battered Bastards of Baseball, the Portland Mavericks. There's a documentary, but like I think they need to make a movie about it. And I want to make that happen. And I think this cool storyline that would be interesting with my friend Big Mike would be that he swears to God, like one, like one of the last times we went on a trip and went camping together and he was all there, he swears that in the early 70s when all that, they were getting that going and they had been going for a couple of years with the Portland Mavericks. And that's why I wrote this poem. It totally inspired this is that they called him. They had heard about him because he had thrown his arm out. He actually was being looked at by the New York Yankees, the Oakland Athletics, and I want to say the St. Louis Cardinals was the other team. I may be wrong, but there was another team. And I'm sure I could find all this stuff somewhere. There's people that know this stuff and can back it up. Like, I'm not talking out of my ass. And he threw his arm out in a summer league game. But these, they wanted him. They wanted to draft him right out of high school. Dude was throwing gas, right? Right-handed, just built for it. Like, long, lanky, live arm. Just active arm. And if you're a baseball person, you know what I'm saying. If you're not, look that up. If somebody has a live arm, means like that ball, they might throw a 90, but that ball moves around. Like it has natural movement just the way his arm is. And it's like a whip. That's what people were saying about him. He was really talented. But he also could hit a freaking jump shot. That dude, it was crazy. I remember that time that we went over there. Sauce can contest to this. I hope he hears this and thinks about this. That 4th of July was magical. I don't know what kind of drugs that (laughs) this one guy in the neighborhood gave him, but like he went back to 1971 senior year, but he was showing us all these pictures and like it brought something out of him. He was showing us his pictures of his senior year and he had like the scoring record and they went to the playoffs and like just crazy stuff and i'm like looking at him and he like became that guy in the game he like came back flashback it's one of the craziest things i've ever seen in my life he was calling bank it was too much and he was on my team i didn't have to do shit and like i, I was a college athlete i played college football and at this time it was just a couple years after that i'm still like moving like that i'm still a young man and I didn't have to do shit. I was seriously hands on my knees, just dying, laughing. I didn't have to play defense or anything. I was just watching the show. My buddy Sauce and I were just passing the ball to the man, to the motivator. <laughs> oh, man. Character. Long, tall Texan. So he used to sing this song. Uh, I can't, I, I don't know who sings it, but it goes like, I'm a long, tall Texan, and I wear, a, and I ride a, like a big white pony, and some shit, I don't know where he got this, something from like, I think he was born in like f- mid-50s, late-50s, grew up in the 60s around, 
southeast portland and downtown portland because his dad was uh owned zenner meats like zenner sausages if you're fucking going to timbers games and all that shit you've been eating zenner sausage just like a freaking clown for years <clears throat> but I digress. I lost my oh, but he'd seen these songs, and I think it was he said he would always talk about lists stuff on the radio in the old days, and I just soaked it up because I, it made me feel like a historian. He he told me about just like what life was like, like simpler times, and I just I love that and that nostalgia and trying to like hold on to that. I feel like I have to kind of hold on to that and tell that story. And listen to that music and feel that vibe and just be humble and see where people have come from. You know, like that's the kind of stuff I want to write about and talk about. Real stuff. That's where that comes from. And him singing Johnny Cash, it's a ring of fire and burns, 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 a ring of fire. I just hear him. I hear him singing and just enjoying it and him making me love Johnny Cash for that. And just being wishing I was a little kid when that stuff was on the radio and just running out like, oh, mom, mom and dad, turn the radio up, turn it up. Like that kind of stuff gives me goosebumps. I just I can't imagine hearing things like that for the first time. It's never been done before and just changes everything. That's the kind of stuff I'm trying to capture. Snapshot with his poetry. Um, what else is in here? <laughs> yeah, Joe's Saloon. That was a real place. Uh, the Big Bad Norwegian. So there's a story about like the worst camping fishing trip from hell. Big Mike and he just had all this bad luck. I told it on the podcast a lot. Like maybe 50 some episodes ago. And he lost his boat motor fell off on the way his brand new like raft popped i broke his lantern a dog ate his steak mosquitoes ate him alive that's where this comes from so he so always say like in situations where like it's okay to like ask for help or like maybe you need bug spray or maybe a band-aid or um something um, but you kind of have to be humble to ask for, and he wouldn't do it. He was just like a really tough, um, stern believer and like pulling up your fucking yourself by your bootstraps type of guy. But it always backfired, and that's why it was so funny. And he'd say, "Oh, I'm a big bad Norwegian," and one of those things he on this trip he was saying, oh, I don't need bug spray. And he was spraying fucking hairspray, like Aquanet, for his huge, like, Trump hair. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. Like, huge part, like, comb-over thing, but, like, not over a bald spot. Like, just, like, full head of hair, crazy weatherman hair. And the bugs would just eat him up at Green Prairie. <laughs> My dad thought that was the funniest shit. And I did too. And also, he didn't think he had to wear sunscreen. He's like, you're fucking white, man. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you have pale skin, especially being, like, Norwegian. And he was, like, the light-skinned Norwegian. Like, dude, you gotta wear 
sunscreen, let alone a shirt or something. And he'd be like, no, don't burn. And like slap his back. And the funny part is that he got burnt really bad one time. And he was saying that oh, I'm a big bad Norwegian. And he stopped saying it really quick. And my dad slapped him on the back after a few hours and just left this huge mark on him. And he, I'll never forget like how he yelped. And my dad was like, oh, big bad Norwegian now, huh? It's just so messed up. But, like, my dad was like that. Just put salt on the wound. Funny or not, we're going to ride this out. <laughs> and honestly, Corndog did save his life. So he told this crazy story. It was like, it seemed like a weekend-long story, and it kept kind of changing. But it always came back to the fact that if he didn't have this Corndog, he would have probably died. And... What it was the last time he had coke, or he, he was going to have coke, and he was out of control driving. Like, person said, like, oh, you have like 30 minutes, and this person lived, he was like, he was 30 minutes away, and I live 35 minutes away, and you bet your ass I was going to get there in 25, like some shit like that. And we're all like, oh, no, we know this is going to go. And my dad knew, but, like, I didn't know this. So he was going up River Road in Clackamas, which is insane. Again, like, by the Clackamas River, huge, windy, snaking river, tiny mountain, crazy roads. <clears throat> Lost control. Roll that thing. Hit a tree. Should have died. The they use the jaws of life. Like he's alive. He's alive. <laughs> he's like telling this fucking story. It's so many different versions, and like he'd always come back to this part. Like he's alive, and like they're like, "How much did you have to drink?" And they asked him like. Well, at least a case of Bud Ice, which I've never heard of Bud Ice, but he would insist on Bud Ice, and I shouldn't even laugh, but, like, this is a cautionary tale, and if you're a kid listening to this, like, you do not drink and drive, and I have so many other stories of why not to do that, and they all end in sadness and just a, a lesson to be learned, but don't do it. Anyway, they're like, how much do you have to drink? At least a case of Bud Ice. But I had a corn dog. <laughs> it's like, he always ended up really, but I had that corn dog. And if I wouldn't have that corn dog, I wouldn't have the blood sugar to, like, stay alive or some shit. Yeah, like, they used the jaws of life on this motherfucker. And he... <laughs> lived and with like bruises and scrapes like didn't break his neck they pulled him out of there and they basically said he was because he was so drunk he was like a noodle in there i remember them telling i guess they said that to my dad or some shit because they called my dad <sighs> like he was so drunk he was like a noodle not good don't do that but that's where like this comes from like the corn dog saved his life he said like if he didn't have, if he wouldn't have had that corn dog because he had stopped and got a corn dog on the way and a case of butt ice and was drinking this shit it's so crazy so insane big mike anyway
Now, I'll just say, like, even though I say those things, like, he was, he'd call me all the time, and he called me Mr. McGugahan because I was a wild kid. I was just getting into trouble and, like, always causing the adults to, like, goof up, and that's where, like, the McGugahan, he was really, like, Mr. Magoo. And Marv and I, that's what we came up with. Was like, he's Mr. Magoo, and he's calling us that because we're making him act like Mr. Magoo because he can't, like, take care of us. We're just wild kids. And he'd, like, get hurt. <laughs> it was, like, home alone. we like, set up stuff for him to trip and stuff, and we'd just laugh. And all of a sudden, I became Mr. Magoogahan, little wild sparky running the show, being a naughty little kid, which I know I was. Pay for it now. My kid's wild. She's not naughty. She's just wild right now, and I'm helping her not be naughty. I'm sure the other kid's gonna be wild too. That's called karma, guys, and you just gotta learn from it. And that's okay. So I'll end it on that. And uh, the songs of the week are uh, "The Motivator" by T Rex, Tyrannosaurus Rex, Mark Bolin. Look it up. And uh, freaking everybody's favorite Aerosmith, maybe not, but at least the sound, not the people, uh, the sound of it. The same old song and dance, back in the saddle, always makes me think of these times, makes me think of this character in the 70s and the 80s, just tearing shit up. God bless him, God help him. Mad love, mad love to the OG. And everybody out there, Remember your remember your characters in your life. Send them love. Show them love. Don't ever quit thinking of them and telling their story. They'll always be alive in that sense. Until next time, happy hunting. Peace.